This is Coach Chris Holtman. You're listening to Drive the Lane Podcast. All right, welcome back to another episode of Drive the Lane. We got an interesting episode for you guys today. We stole an interview from our other show, Inside TBT, with NBA legend Joe Johnson. But before we get to that, we're going to talk a little bit about the Buckeyes that have declared and the Buckeyes that are coming back. And the declare includes actually a former coach, which we kind of knew was official last week, but we didn't quite get to the official news until this week. But first, we got to talk some hoops. Ohio State lost a close one, a tough one. We actually had a member of the show in the, uh, in the building. We go to him now. Yeah, Andrew, thank you. Uh, <laughs> give, my, <clears throat> give my reporter voice. Um, no, uh, yeah, it just that, – that, that stunk. Um, life in the big time. That's, I'm sure Holman said that in his press conference. It's just life in the big time. You win two games that you're not supposed to win, like at Rutgers, at Illinois, and then come back and lose a game you probably should have won. Um, just it sucks. I think, like, like you said, I was there, and I'm 99% sure Ohio State was leading for 38 minutes of the game. And they're losing at the end. A kid, Jaden Ivey, makes two threes. I've never seen him make a shot outside of the paint all year. And it happens. Good for – I mean, good for them. Like, it's good for the Big Ten. I'm just trying to be positive. You know, like, Purdue probably – that's a good resume-building win for Purdue. So, they swept us. I cannot believe that. That's like – I went in the game thinking, like, this is the worst Purdue team that I can remember. And then they sweep us this year. Last year, they were probably – literally, they were probably worse. But this year, like, they just don't have guys. Like – Travion is is incredible, but like Sasha Stefanovic is their go-to guard. Like that dude is, but he was great today. He was great in the second half. I think my my gut reaction about Purdue is Purdue is really really good because they're the ultimate team. They're great on defense. They have a go-to guy down low that you can throw the ball into, and they run incredible set plays. I mean, it's just un unbelievable me I went to to the game with my buddy um and we just couldn't stop talking about the sets that they were running out of timeouts whatever I doubt, whatever it fast break half quarter they were just so so good and they executed in the game and that's what won them the game so hats off to Purdue life in the Big Ten we move on I know there are critics probably out there saying that Holman's a bad coach and we can't he's recruit a, he's and, terrible coach yeah it's so it's whatever I just I got, I got two quick things. First sure. one, for me, going into this game, I was kind of looking at it like, all right, Ohio State is 11-3, is, uh, and three, and if they beat Purdue tonight, two of the three losses will essentially have been erased because they would have split with Purdue and split with Northwestern. Um, so that didn't happen. Obviously, not a huge deal, but that would have been cool to be like top 15, top 10 only loss that they haven't beaten the team is Minnesota. And then the other thing I want to say, I want to ask you, you know, the only, I don't want to say issue, cause that's not really the right word. Like the only thing where I was like, Hmm, that was interesting was not doing a potential two for one opportunity at the end of the game. You're in that position. What are you thinking you're going to want to happen? Um, I don't know. We're never a team. We're, Ohio state's never been a, get as you know it's not like a get as many shots up as you can type of uh strategy for Holman so I understand that that was never really in the cards probably for them my philosophy as a coach would be way way different I mean we could get into that I mean that's a whole nother episode yeah 
Um, I mean, I understand going two for one, but if you go two for one and 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 you get and you get a terrible shot, then everyone's asking why did you go so early? Because now Purdue's getting the last shot of the game. Even like if the game's tied and and there and you go two for one, you shoot with forty seconds left. Like Purdue is still getting almost the last shot of the game, right? You get seven seconds to bring the ball up the court. Maybe Purdue gets the offensive rebound. It's over. You know what? I, I see both ways. <clears throat> Obviously, me personally is a different story than Holman, but Holman's never going two for one there. I think the most underrated thing from the whole game is that I love no timeouts at the end of games, like how when Purdue scored and we just took the ball up, like Dwayne was going to get up a three, like, and there's no one I'd rather have more than him shooting that shot. So it's great. You got the ball in, in the hands that you want. Why call a timeout? But to foul him before he shot it was just like, that's so unbelievably smart. I can't – like Aaron Wheeler, the kid who fouled him, had a horrendous game. I don't know if he scored. He had two fouls in the first half and set the whole first half. Like, credit to him because he's in at the end of the game. And most teams' philosophy is if it's under five, six, seven seconds, you can't foul up three because – if you go to foul them, they might start to shoot it, you know. But credit to him for getting that foul off because it made him look like a genius. And we almost got the last shot, but who got the rebound to, so that we couldn't get a shot after the miss free throw? Aaron Wheeler. So pretty remarkable stuff. I, I, it sucks. Life in the big time, though. We'll we'll march on. You you can go back to games like should we have beaten Rutgers in Illinois? Probably not. It's like that's just the way. College sports are some. It's all good. I'm getting lightheaded talking so much. <laughs> so well, much well, it's it's cool. I, I think it's cool to think about like situational stuff. Like we can talk about that one situation and not really have to say like in this game. Like we can be like, what do you think as a whole? So you think if Dwayne doesn't have that ball, like let's say it's passed up the court to EJ, you think they're letting him shoot, or you think well, Purdue and Painter have a rule that it's like you're fouling up three. Oh, you're yeah 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 you're. The, if you can get like, you can't. If if they throw it up to EJ and he's like gonna catch and shoot it, you can't foul him. Obviously, right. doesn't matter if there's. I'm just. I mean, like if the if same amount of time, same situation, but the ball is in someone like that's hand, not a guy yeah, in yeah, six yeah, threes. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're fi- if you can. I, my philosophy has always, always been to follow up three. Like what? Like it can only if you follow up three, they cannot get three unless they unless something miraculous happens they can't get three points mm-hmm. but if you don't foul they can very easily get three points so yeah I, I think you always foul it doesn't matter if it's Kyle Young or, or me with the ball all right next three games for Ohio State at Wisconsin home versus Michigan State at Iowa when you hear that what do you think I, it, to, to prove to me that Ohio State is legit in that upper tier of the Big Ten which Coming into tonight, you, you you think they are. Um, after tonight, you're not sure. But then, you, I mean, we should probably talk about the the life without your two point guards, too. Like, I mean, like, it's pretty impressive that Ohio State's doing this without their, their two point guards. But in order to feel like Ohio State is elite, top of the top, upper echelon of the Big Ten, you know, top five teams, they got to win two out of three, um, meaning – you got to beat Michigan State, have to. Have to beat Michigan State at home. And then if you can steal one at Wisconsin or really steal one, commit highway robbery at Iowa, um, then I feel pretty good. I'm worried. I I think we have a ten times better chance of beating Wisconsin than we do Iowa because Iowa's style of play is literally the opposite of ours. So um, that'll be interesting. But, yeah, I'm just not – like 
we struggle with big guys, right? Travion Johnson tonight or Travion Williams tonight. Um, you know, uh, Robbins, the Liam Robbins, the kid from Minnesota. Um, Wisconsin doesn't have a dominant guy inside. So does Iowa? Yeah, Iowa does. <laughs> they do. They do. So that's why I think it's a little more. Yeah, but with, just to reiterate, you know, Wisconsin not worried about their inside threats at all. All right. Not worried. The next few episodes, you know, it's going to be all basketball, but we still got a little bit of uh, football left on our plate. I mean, it's, it's basketball season, but let's just talk about football some more. Well, there's a little – you know, we have like a plate, okay, and we ate the majority of the, of the football food. And we, right, there's a little bit left over. So, just ruffling through this, Urban Meyer to the Jaguars, you know. We, we love you. We think it's really cool. We're excited. Jaguars are now one of our, like, nine teams that we like. We have the Jaguars. <laughs> um, Sean Wade to the draft. John Myers, draft. Munford, back. Fields, back. No, just kidding. Fields going to the Jaguars at one. Um, (laughs) Ruckert, back. Olave, back. Wyatt Davis, gone. Smith, Haskell Garrett, Tommy. Who's Smith? Who's Smith, Andrew? Tyreek Smith. I have it really tiny on my phone. I just want to make sure I got it all. Tyreek Smith, he'll return. Haskell Garrett will return. Uh, you know, my prediction of the Bucks might be pretty good next year in football. What do you think, Joe? Isn't it hilarious that why why are we even wasting our time predicting? Like it goes back to the beginning of the episode, like when we had the one we had with Bill Landis. Like <laughs> We're just gonna waste our we're wasting our time. We're, they're gonna win the Big Ten and be in the college football playoff, right? I mean, yeah. Will Will it be an eight team playoff next year? Probably not. But congrats to whoever wins the starting quarterback because they will instantly become one of the best players in the country. It's pretty cool. Well, Josh Perry said that he's like, you got to think that you know Olave's coming back. Joshua Perry said that you know you got. <laughs> hear that first part. Uh, you got to think Olave's coming back because he's, you know, he's got some confidence in the court, confidence in the quarterback room. Right. Yeah. Clearly, if you're Ruckert or Olave, like you're not coming back unless number one, Ohio. You think Ohio State has a chance to win a national championship, and then the obvious byproduct of that, yeah, <laughs> the obvious byproduct of that is whoever is replacing Justin Fields, he better, he's got to be amazing or really, really good or have a lot of confidence in him to come back. So as a fan. That's pretty exciting. The the double prospect of they're coming back, excuse me, they're coming back is really fun. And then the fact that if you read in between the lines, means we've got a really good quarterback coming down the pipe. Who would have who would have thought that we have another good quarterback? It's bizarre. So, you know, obviously tough loss tonight against Purdue, tough loss in the national championship. But if you're an Ohio State fan, you got a top fifteen ranked basketball team and you had a football team in the national championship. Well, I have to do the whole Hey, look yourself in the mirror. You are so blessed to be an Ohio State fan because you could be an Indiana State fan or something. You could be an Indiana fan. Yeah, I was going to say, drop the state. Drop the state. I mean, if Indiana loses that game to Purdue tonight, this, the twi- like the world is on fire. You know, in a game that they're winning the whole time, it, even if it wasn't a Purdue, you would. It would. It's the narrative of we're spinning it as Ohio State is a is a really really good team. They just let one slip away, which is a real bummer. That's something the elite elite teams do not do. But if Indiana loses that game, it's like, dang, like, 
bad teams always find a way to lose those games. Do you think there are any Ohio State fans that are just 100% basketball and do not care at all, zero, about what happens with football? Yeah. Well, yeah, I can my, – some of my teammates – they did not care at all what happened. Well, they're athletes. I, I mean, like like fans. I'm, but I think now they might not care. Some of those guys might not care about Ohio State basketball or football. So, like, mm. I, do, I, I would imagine that there are, there are a few Ohio State fans that are just Ohio State basketball fans because of a family member or a former player or something, like – you know, someone who grew up idolizing Aaron Kraft and ever since then he's always will be an Ohio State fan, but then he went to Clemson and he's a huge Clemson basketball football fan. Yeah, mm-hmm. There are people like that. Just like people probably idolized me and that's why the, they, you know, are Ohio State basketball fans to this day, but they don't care about football. But if I was a slot receiver for the football team, they would only care about football. So I get and it. Just, and just like there's uh... – you know, Atlanta Hawks and Brooklyn Nets fans that are probably now huge fans of Drive the Lane because we're going to put on that Joe Johnson interview right after this. Exactly. It's the exact same concept. Just like just like Drive the Lane fans are now Mavericks fans because Jalen's episode was so fun and he was so engaging. So, yeah, and so exciting. Do you want to give a little spoiler to why we felt like we definitely should uh, include the Joe Johnson interview? Wait, we'll do it like TikTok. Tell me why we should have included the Joe Johnson interview without telling me. There's, there's one of five, four or five. God, I'm sorry. It's a little bit late and I'm, and I'm the greatest mindset. There's a little, there's four or five guys <laughs> that have had their number retired by Ohio state. One of them is Joe Johnson's favorite teammate ever. So, and, and he didn't know that I went to Ohio state and played basketball when we were interviewing him. So that was pretty cool. Little nugget, I guess. I mean, like, Joe Johnson's an awesome guy. We had a lot of fun. It's not directly related to Ohio State, but if you love basketball and if you respect greatness, I mean, it's a anytime you can interview a Hall of Famer, you might as well blast it to as many people as you can. So we've had non, we've had non, you know, direct Ohio State. Usually, we find find a tie-in like you or Dockage or or something like that. But we've had a few non-Ohio State, like Robert Mays. It wasn't a typical drive the lane interview but it got right. the most of it. I mean like hopefully you guys know what the TBT is or else <laughs> maybe you shouldn't listen or maybe you listen and learn something because a lot about the TBT but we get our little flair in there as well so we, we had a lot of fun with him he's a good guy he'll we'll get him on we'll get him on drive the lane eventually yep and we'll, we'll even though he's on drive the lane now <laughs> true we'll we'll get him to say and now joining us now on drive the lane instead of inside TBT exactly yeah so pay no Pay no mind to that. Yep. Follow us at Drive the Lane Pod. Buckle up, Drive the Lane. Go Buckeyes. Beat Wisconsin. I don't like them. Beat Wisconsin. (laughs) All right. Join us now on Inside TBT. Seven-time NBA All-Star, but most recently played for Overseas Elite. Joe Johnson, ISO Joe, welcome to the show. What's up, man? How y'all doing? Fantastic. We're living the dream. And we, we need to – not that we don't know because we've talked about it before we started recording, but we got to hear what you've been up to because like, like everyone in the pandemic, everyone's got their own thing that they're into, that they're doing. What have you done since TBT's ended? 
just working and rehabbing. I played in a TBT, man. I had plantar fasciitis in my foot. So uh, I don't know if you know if you guys know what that is, but it's uh, it's very very uncomfortable to play with. And uh, I was able to, you know, get through with that. But since it's been over with, uh, I've done nothing but workout, man. Rehab, workout, workout, rehab, and just to get my body feeling great because I do love to hoop. So uh, if opportunities come my way, you know, I definitely pay attention to them. So, uh, but the TBT was great, man. I had an awesome time. Yeah. You, you know, we, we would love to know kind of what your, your thoughts and takeaways, you know, we asked you after games, like, Hey, what's it like being back on the court? What's TBT like, but after you were able to kind of, you know, stop playing TBT and assess it, what were your, what were your takeaways from your first TBT season? Uh, it was fun for me, you know, the the whole being, uh, you know, basically locked in a hotel and, and, and the quarantine uh, basketball tournament. That was that was awesome. I didn't want to miss that. When, they, when that opportunity presented itself for me, I was I was locked in, you know. So, uh, I mean, my, my passion, my love and passion for the game is, you know, it's, it's so high that, you know, whenever I get a chance to hoop, or workout, whatever the case may be, you know, I know I'm take on that challenge. Uh, you know, I know my window is closing, you know, the older I get, but I'm just trying to have fun. And, and we know that you're, you're obsessed with basketball. I think that's a good, good way to, to phrase it. What about TBT makes it so special? Because even the common basketball fan falls in love with TBT year in and year out. What do you think makes it so special? I honestly don't know. I think, uh, you know, for me, you know, for the first time playing, it was quarantine, no fans. That was a little, that was different because you need the fans in the game, man. They the ones help you, you know, get over the hump or fourth quarter tight games. They get that extra push. So that was, uh, that was different, but, you know, it was also fun at the same time because it kind of felt like a scrimmage. It never really felt like a real game. But, uh, you know, I, I I enjoyed everything about it, man. The guys were great. I didn't know none of those guys before I got there. So uh, when I got there, we all got a chance to hang out. And that was pretty much it, man. It was, you know, I enjoyed the, the whole process. What's kind of funny about TBT is they kind of control everything. They control the storylines. They control the matchups. You know, there was a lot of hype going into the overseas elite and heard that game and the reason there was the hype was because they were like playing it off as joe johnson seven-time nba all-star versus Aunt elmore seven-time like rec league champ but of course was great at marshall but he loves the i play at the y they play at the nba yeah. i watched some highlights this morning you were like screw that i'm dropping 35 on these guys what what were you thinking when you were seeing like the promo for the game was you and Aunt elmore uh I mean, it's, it's, it was a great moment. You know, you, you get I uh, give him a lot of credit, man, because he came out and fought and battled. And ultimately, uh, although I played a decent game, I was, you know, I was I was tired against uh, sideline cancer just from battling and banging with him. You know, he was he, he was uh, trying to get under me, which was cool, but <laughs> it was a back that was a back to back game for us. You know what I mean? And uh, you know, that was tough. That was tough. I'm not gonna, you know, say and tell you no tell. That was tough playing that back to back. And sideline cancer had been amazing throughout the whole uh tournament. I think my favorite moment from the tournament was seeing the pictures of you and the sideline cancer guys after the game. Cause I thought that was so cool for so many reasons. I thought it was cool because the sideline cancer guys were like, I want to get a picture with Joe Johnson. And I thought yeah. it was cool because you 
you know, after a loss, you were like, oh, yeah, I'll take a picture with these guys. So I, I thought, personally, I thought that was really cool. So hats off to you for making that happen. Hey, man, you got to tip your head off to those guys. Uh, they fought. And I'm going to be honest with y'all. When we was uh, getting ready to play against them, because they had played like three games straight, I was like, ain't no way, uh, you know, they can have that much energy, especially Marcus King. I was like, he ain't going to have that much energy to be, you know, to be able to, uh, you know, to put us away. And, man, he played him, him and Mo played their butts off, you know, in that game, especially down the stretch. But, uh, yeah, when we lost the game, I wanted to look for those guys, man. I wanted to look for them. Uh, just, you know, just wanted to thank them. Uh, and, and I was very appreciative for the opportunity to get a chance to, you know, play in the TBT. But, yeah, it was it was a fun moment. It was a fun moment for me. Did you know uh, that Marcus Keaton led the country in scoring when he was in college? Had no clue. Had, I, I found out after I had watched him play, like, the first game. And I was like, dang, who is this dude? So, uh, you know, once they got to talking about him, they were saying that, you know, he led the country in scoring. But, yeah, he was uh, – he's a tough competitor, man. So when you went to look for the guys after the game, would you compare that to when Chris Paul went to look for Blake Griffin after that game a few years ago? You know what I'm talking about? When they went through the secret tunnels to fight each other? No, no, <laughs> no. I didn't go. I didn't go. I went over there strictly, uh, you know, to, to pay my respects and tell them dudes, you know, keep going. Uh, I mean, look, they made it all the way to the final game. You know, after having to play almost every day, you know, that was, uh, I mean, it says a lot about them. So let's get into to the NBA a bit, a bit. You know, obviously, you are a TBT superstar, but first and foremost, you're an NBA superstar. Um, first question's got to be, have you had any contact with any teams? We know that there's an extra two-way guy they're, they're working on, getting in an extra two-way guy now for all the different pandemic updated rules and stuff. Have you had any contact with, with any teams? Uh, I've had some contact, you know, with a couple teams, but uh, it's just been inquiring, man. It hasn't been uh, nothing set in stone or something that's about to happen. You know, I, I, I'm just like you guys watching TV, seeing that, you know, teams only have eight guys to play with <laughs> and things of that sort. That's why it's been acquiring because, you know, <clears throat> teams need players. So, uh you know, they've called and asked, but, you know, nothing, nothing, nothing has happened or probably won't happen. So, uh, but that's neither here nor there, man. I, you know, I just continue to, you know, put in the work. Like I said, I got a 14-year-old son, so, you know, we grinding every day. It's not, it's not about me. Are you at the point where, you know, it would have to be the perfect situation for you to be like, all right, I'm going to play some more NBA ball? Well, I'm not going to say perfect, but it has to be a – pretty damn good one, you know what I mean? Uh, I'm not just <laughs> going to throw myself in, you know, any situation if it presents itself, but uh, that's the least of my words, man. I, I'm in the gym daily, you know, keeping myself right for whatever reason. Is it safe? It. Is it safe to say that Joe Johnson will be back in TBT 2021? Maybe, man. You know, they oh. – Yeah, I know. I know, but I got to be honest with you guys, right? Yeah. And so, maybe because uh, the big three comes back, we got to defend our title. We got to defend it. Uh, you know, those guys that I played with in uh, the big three and the big three with Ice Cube, uh, that was amazing, man. It was, uh, it was very, 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 you know, therapeutic for me playing in that. 
you know, considering what I had come off of before, you know, uh, committing to the big three. Uh, so I can never turn my back on them. Uh, well, that's the easy way out, the half-court game versus the up-and-down five-on-five. I know what y'all want from me, man. I'm 40 years old. Y'all want me? What y'all want me to do? What y'all want? What y'all want? What y'all want me to do? How does Ice Cube not have a team in the TBT? That's the real question. He can do I know. Hey, listen, and you know what I feel like? I just feel like uh, with that overseas elite team, obviously it was none of the original members who played for overseas elite, but we had an awesome time. I just feel like if we had at least one or two of those guys, we wouldn't have had a problem. Yeah, we talked with uh, DJ Kennedy, and he said, he's like, man, I wish I got to play with, with Joe and because and, yeah. we would have won. But Kennedy, Kennedy, Kane, any of those guys. Like, we just <clears> – <throat> we needed an extra guy, not only who could, you know, put the ball in the hole, but who could defend, you know, and do the dirty work. You know, we didn't really have nobody doing the dirty work. You know what I mean? And you know DJ, that's, that's what he do. Well, then let's play a little game. You know, you said you're 40. You're getting a little older. So let's put on uh, Joe Johnson's GM hat and let's build a little little TBT team for yourself. Can you give us, like, five guys that you'd be like, this would be my my perfect TBT team right here? You can include yourself as one of the five. Five? Yeah, starting lineup. TBT. Uh, I can pick anybody? Anybody. Yeah. You want you want us? You got us. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, it takes some thought, man. It takes some thought. Like I said, for real though, uh, with the overseas elite team, that was why I committed to them because I knew what they had. You know, I thought I'm gonna be honest with y'all. I didn't know none of those guys wasn't showing up until I got there. You know, what I mean? so uh, maybe if I'd have knew beforehand, I'd say I would have backed out. But you know, I probably would have you know, thought about things a little differently. That's a great, that's a great answer to Andrew's question of what would the five guys be. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> so, all right. We'll, we'll, we'll switch a little bit to, to some NBA stuff. Before we talk a little bit about, you know, your incredible career, Kyrie, the Nets, your former team, Harden's there now. What do you think of all the – all the drama and all the noise surrounding in Brooklyn right now. It's New York, man. That's that's that's, that's gonna come with it. And they got three elite guys on their team. So we all we all like, you know, we want to see what it's like, how it's gonna work, and uh, hopefully it works out for the best, man. I'm, I'm you know, I'm happy for James uh, getting a chance to you know, really, really compete for a title. So, you know, I hope he takes advantage of this moment. Uh, so, but I'm looking forward to seeing them play as well. Do you, do you think it'll work, honestly? Yeah, I think it'll work. They have to make it work. Like, it's it's, it's too that's, – that's, that's, that team is assembled uh, – man, and that team is assembled to obviously win a title, but those guys aren't young. You know what I'm saying? They know and understand what it takes, you know, to, to, to win a championship. Uh, I mean, KD and Kyrie, you know, they've won. So, uh, I, I think the sky's the limit for them. They just got to, you know, uh, believe in one another, obviously sacrifice and just go out and have fun, man. You, I think a lot of times we put so much pressure on ourselves by coming out, trying to perform at a high level, when all you got to do is just go out and have fun and everything else take care of itself. 
Can you guess who my favorite player on that team is? Uh, maybe. Is it Jeff Green? It's not That's, Jeff. Oh, Joe Harris. Yeah. Duh. I love Joe Harris, man. Dang. He's he going to be so clutch for them, yo. Oh, yeah. He's uh, every – you think about all the teams that have been, you know, super teams, right? The big threes, they always have that white shooter, and that is the difference all the time. Well, he, we share a nickname, Joe, me and him. So he, He's not just a shooter, though. No, he's a he, – you're right, but – when it gets down to two minutes left in the game, he, he turns into don't help off me or I'm going to kill you. Guys. No, no, no. You can't help off of him at all, but he's got more than just a jumper. You know, I, you know he's, he's an athlete, man. I've been watching him for a while. Uh, I thought that was great for them to keep him, to uh, keep the floor space, obviously. But, yeah, he's a heck of a player. No, he's awesome. I, he's since Virginia. I mean, at Virginia, he was incredible, too. He got lost in the shuffle when he was on the Cavs and stuff. Yeah, now he's yeah. able to kind of make a name for himself, a little bit more primetime games, that whole deal. Yeah, we, we share a nickname, me and him, Joey Bucket. So I've always been a fan of his. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, uh, well, experience is going to be his best teacher. You know, he got a chance to play or got a chance to watch LeBron, and now he's in uh, Brooklyn playing with KD, Kyrie, and James. That's going to uh, – I can't wait to see that, man. That's going to be crazy. So, you know, we've had a little bit of a, of a disconnect, you know. We, we're we're, we're going to have to start calling you ISO No-Show instead of ISO Joe. Because you missed, you missed an interview or two. Yeah, <laughs> but, I totally missed it, man. I apologize. We on here today. Let's live in the moment. You know, well, exactly. So, I, I was trying to get some positive vibes this morning. Listen, so, I was listen. watching. If we dwelling on the past, how are we going to move forward? We got to hey. move forward, guys. True. You're right. Well, I was trying. I was trying to get some positive vibes this morning. I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna watch some Joe Johnson highlights because that's gonna that's gonna get me in the mood. And then he's gonna show up, and I'll be able to talk about the highlights. So there was one video where literally you made. I mean, obviously it's not gonna show any of your misses, but it was like 50 game winners, clutch shots. It was like I saw Joe back in the NBA. Here's some of his best clutch moments and in, in top plays. It was like a 15-minute video, and it was some. So my question, when you have a, when you, have a, a, you know, a, a highlight moment or a big play, big shot, like when you did the little tiny dribble crossover on, on Paul Pierce, in that moment, are you like, all right, I just did something special? Or does it not register until, like, you see the highlights after the game? No, it, it, it registers during the game as players. It registers during the game right after the play that happened. But, you know, we keep this, uh, you know, this calmness about ourselves as though, you know, we're supposed to do this, which we are. But, yeah, it, it, it registers. But when you see it on film, it, it just looks totally different. Who is your favorite teammate in all your years in the NBA? My or favorite some, teammate. Or some of them. Yeah. Uh, I had to go back to like when I played in Phoenix, Jim Jackson, uh, uh, Jerry Stackhouse. When uh, when I was in Atlanta, uh, the year before I got traded, we signed Stackhouse. Uh, he helped you're, me. You're so old. I know. <laughs> Don't tell. Don't tell anybody. So listen, check this out. We had Stackhouse, and uh, that's when my game kind of went to another level because he taught me. 
the post-up game, how to post up. So before games, like when we warming up, me and him would play to five in the post just to get warm. And uh, he taught me so much during that, during that, uh, during that, you know, time frame because he taught me how to use my body without getting, you know, how to push off without getting called for fouls, things of that sort, pump fakes. And I learned all that from him, man. He, he, I, I appreciate him for spending that time with me and, uh, you know, giving me some tough battles. Well, I think we have to get back to Jim Jackson because uh, I'm, I'm a Buckeye. I played at Ohio State. Right. And, and all I hear about is how awesome Jim Jackson was. But, like, I would love to hear a story from you on why Jim Jackson – that was the first guy you named. Because when I was about 23, uh, he signed with Phoenix. And I was still there. And uh, he was one of the guys – he came in, like, I think it was by, like, mid-season. And uh, he had came from Houston. And man, the little stuff that he taught me and was telling me, uh, I still do to this day, whether it's, you know, controlling things I can control, you know, going out, working my butt off, you know, every day and uh, competing at the highest level. That's what it's about. You know, we all come in, like, when you when you can play or you got some game and you come into the NBA, there's a learning curve that a lot of us have to go to, go through. Uh, a lot of guys, you know, it's only a few who get to come right in, get the ball in their hand, get to make mistakes, play through their mistakes. It's only a few of those guys. So the ones who don't get those opportunities, like myself, I played with. I got drafted in Boston. I played with Antoine Walker, Paul Pierce, Kenny Anderson, Walter McCarty, Tony Batiste. I played with Vince. So I don't get that. I, I never had that luxury until, like, my third year in the NBA. So, uh you know, you really have to uh, take advantage of the opportunities because when you get there, you have to – as hard as it is to make it to the NBA, it's even harder to stick. You see what I'm saying? So when you get there and you exhale, you could be out, you know, the next year. So you got to work your butt off. Once you get your foot in the door, you got to continue to work your butt off just to stick because it's only, what, 450 guys out of about how many millions trying to make it? That's insane when you think about it like that. That's true. That's what, so, happened. That's what happened to me. I took that exhale, and next thing you know, I'm out of the NBA. <laughs> Crazy. Crazy. Listen, it's funny, but I tell my son the same story. Like, he just turned 14 on the, on the 9th of January. And uh, I always talk to him about, you know, work ethic, because I think if you got a hell of a work ethic, it'll get you far in life. I ain't talking about just in sports. I'm talking about in general. So uh, for me, that's that's probably the most gratifying thing for me, you know, to see him get up, go downstairs, get on the treadmill, just staying in shape, those type of things, because you, you want to stay ready, man. You don't want to have to get ready. So I'm always preaching to him. I know he gets tired of hearing it, but that's my job. I'm going to ask you the reverse end of Joey's favorite teammate ever question. Do you have a teammate that you just – absolutely could not stand and when the season ended you were like I don't even care that we got knocked out of the playoffs because I don't have to be with this guy for the next four months <laughs> no nah, man listen let me tell you something uh I'm an easygoing guy man I don't uh it it, it it takes a lot for that you know what I mean to have like a horrible teammate I don't I, I don't have for like the worst team ever what about like an what about an opposing player? Is there any opposing players that you just hated or hated playing against? 
Nah. Nah. Look, who's the best? All right, how about this? Who's the hardest player you ever had to guard, and who's the best defender who ever guarded you? The hardest player I ever had to guard, uh, it was guys like Ray Allen, Reggie Miller. Uh, because you got to understand, when I came into the NBA, uh, after my third game, I was starting because our small forehead went down. So Paul Pierce would guard, guard those guys in the fourth quarter. But the first three quarters, I had to guard them. And uh, chasing Ray Allen and Reggie Miller, letting them push you off, like, it was it was crazy. Man. I'd never seen nothing like that. Like, he was deliberately – Reggie was deliberately pushing me and running off screens. Like, I didn't, like, you can't – it's hard to defend, you know, like, especially if you don't know how to defend it. So it took me a while to learn how to uh, – you know, to play pin downs and chase guys off pin downs. So that was the hardest, man. I think when you have when you get in isolation and you guarding guys like Kobe, LeBron, whatever the case may be, uh, you know, you can stay in front of those guys and make them take tough shots and obviously they'll make them, but chasing guys off picks, that kills you. There's nothing worse than chasing a guy off three down screens and then he comes back and goes off three more. You you dodged all of them, but you get hit. You get clipped by one, and he gets a wide open three, and you were running for 15 seconds, and then you got to go back and do it again. It's demoralizing. People don't understand that. We got froze frozo Joe. <laughs> yeah. All right, I, I got I got another question. I say, and and then we can wrap it up. But I say one of your if not most famous teammates to ever play, play with KG. You got to have a good KG trash talk, practice story, something like that. Man, I got, I got so many stories uh, from that guy. He was, uh, yeah, he was, he, he was that man. He was whatever y'all think he is as far as relentless or, storytelling, whatever, like he would always, okay, so listen, he would always be the first one in practice, right? Practice at 10 o'clock, he probably there at 7.30, 8 o'clock. You can never beat him to the gym. It just wasn't happening. He was always there. But when you got there, he was already sweating, telling the story, and that's how it was. Once he started telling the story, he can't stop sweating. Like, he'll, you know, he'd get really into it. Like, he is, a, every day, man, no lie, every day he had a story for us, and it was, it was crazy. Like, he he, he really loved uh, – I think he really enjoyed, you know, sitting there telling a story because he's super animated. He used his hand just as – yeah, he was uh, – he was great for us, man. I, I, I love doing that. All right, last question before we let you go, and we appreciate you coming on eventually. We don't we don't dwell on the past. But... I so no show. I so no show. <laughs> um, who is the most impressive – or the guy that you like to watch the most, young guy, because there's so many in the NBA right now. For you, who, who do you like to watch the most? Who's the most impressive in terms of, you know, like the 24 and under type of guy? 24 and under. Yeah, yeah the youngins. Uh, who is that? That's got to be, uh, I'm going to say Donovan Mitchell and Devin Booker. Uh you know, getting a chance to play with Donovan his rookie year, I didn't, I didn't see this. You know what he's, what he's been doing now. I didn't see none of this coming. Now I knew he could play, but uh, the way he puts the ball in the hole, 
I just didn't I, I didn't really see it like that. I'm gonna be honest with y'all. But obviously it's a testament to the work that he's put in and you know, the system that Coach Quinn Snyder has there in Utah. It's 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 next to none. Like he's uh Coach Quinn is uh is definitely a mastermind, but you know, he's got down the right and they always gonna be in the thick of it. I think with Devin Booker, you know, having C P there, you know, another guy he can learn from and obviously he's an unbelievable talent. <laughs> putting that ball in the hole. And he's even a great playmaker, too. You put the ball in his hands, run, pick, and roll. Like he's going to make the right play. So I love watching those two guys play, man. They've been uh, they've been awesome. All right, Joe, well, we'll let you go. But the TBT guys would kill us if we didn't ask you this. Are you a fan of the Elam ending? Man, I love it. I'm going to tell you why I love the Elam ending. Because you can't sit there and hold the ball. Yeah. Like, you got to go out and get a bucket. You know what I mean? So that's the beauty of it. Because teams get a lead. Even, you know, when I played in the TBT uh, recently, you know, you could be up 20 points and still lose. That's nothing. Like, you, you know, it's to down the stretch to get a bucket. Like, that's that's tough, man. I, I actually – I love that part of it. You would have had even more NBA game winners if there was an Elam ending. I, you probably would have – if if you guys won like fifty games in a season, you probably would have had forty two game winners at least. Maybe, maybe every game is a game winner. It's the best part. Yeah, it is, and that's that. Yeah, you're right. That's the best part about it because uh, you really have to, you know, come out and, and impose your will. That's what it's about. No doubt. All right, all right, ISO Joe, we'll let you uh, go get on the peloton. And try and beat try and beat some of my high scores. I'm Joey Lane on there. If you if you need another friend, I'm a, I'm I'm a look for you on that. I'm a look <laughs> for you on that. I'm a look for you on that. Yo, I enjoyed our phone call the other day. I'll probably call you next week to catch up. I like talking to you. Man, hit me up, bro. Hey, I apologize for us, you know, getting off on a bad foot, but y'all don't hold that against me. All right. No, it's we're fine. Just you had phone. you had plant you had plantar fasciitis. You got bad feet. It's all good. <laughs> oh man, I'm 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 good now. Though. Yeah, right. at know. NBA, at NBA, he's good now. LeBron, he's good. <laughs> All right, thanks, man. All right. We'll talk to you soon.